Hello, and welcome back to the Argus podcast. Today, we are joined by Sussex County cricket player, Finn Hudson Prentice. Born in Haywards Heath, the 26-year-old is back in his home county and looking forward to the season ahead. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, you seem to have had your fair share of highs and lows in your cricketing career already, having been released and then re-signed by Sussex, which we'll get onto later. But does anything compare to playing for your childhood local club? No, I mean, I've had, obviously, as you said, I've had up and downs in my short career so far. I mean, my time at Derbyshire, sort of between stints at Sussex, was really good for me. My first season with them, playing at T20 finals day, was a pretty surreal experience sort of my first season involved in 2020 cricket and we managed to go all the way to the semi-final so yeah that was obviously a really good experience getting a good run in first class cricket there as well um obviously really good but yeah I mean you can't really beat playing for your club that you support you grew up playing for down the seafront I just love sort of Hove as an area as well so no it's obviously great to be great to be involved with Sussex again and going back to the start you were born in Haywards Heath is that right yeah how was that? How was growing up in, in Sussex? Yeah, it's good. Brought up in Burgess Hill, lived there sort of my whole whole childhood. Mum and dad treated me very well. I went to a Warden Park school and got a scholarship to go to Beads in sort of near Eastbourne, Upper Dicker way. So I had a really good upbringing there. Enjoyed my time at school, got to meet a lot of great people and some very good coaches there. So yeah, I mean, I've had a really, I've had a bit of a luxurious sort of upbringing, very lucky to have what I've been given in terms of that. So very appreciative of where, where I've been um, brought up and where I grew up. Have you always been into cricket right from an early age? Um, no, I was more, as a young kid, more into football. <laughs> Naturally, sort of being English and growing up around here, I think that is obviously quite a common thing. But sort of when I was eight, my mum sort of said to me that I needed to start playing another sport more of a summer sport so she didn't get cold watching me on the sideline so she got me enrolled at a local cricket team in in Burgess Hill called St Andrews and sort of from that age I mean the 2005 Ashes was the year after that and that was sort of where my sort of where my love for cricket sort of began. I assume you played cricket for your schools and so on as well? Yeah yeah so I played cricket I mean I played a little bit at my junior school but they weren't really into it It wasn't really a sport at that school but we sort of started at Warden Park was sort of yeah that they played a lot of cricket there they were very good at it and then obviously at Beads as well moved moved there and they had a great coaching setup um with Alan Wells down there when I was about 14 so yeah from there a lot of school cricket a lot of training one to one which was really nice as well Was there ever any other career option sporting or otherwise No not really when I got released by Sussex in 2016 I think it was now I was about to go to Leeds University to study architecture at the end of that year, which was something I've always had an interest in. But at the end of that season, I signed for the Y season, MCC Young Cricketers instead, because I still felt like I had something to give in cricket and wanted to give it my best shot. So sort of now I'm looking into the realms of like media, behind the scenes, like I had good look into the scenes this winter of like what, what it takes, what you need to get out of it, some work experience opportunities. So looking into that at the moment, but obviously cricket, cricket's the forefront for now. And you've mentioned you enjoy playing football growing up and stuff. Do you still play any other sports now? I see a fair bit of sort of golf on your social medias and so on. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to play football. I don't think um, the physios and stuff would be too happy with me if I was turning up playing by the side or something during the week, um, especially with my injury record. Yeah, I play a lot of golf. Um, I absolutely love golf. So yeah, I try and try and get out there as much as I can. Obviously, this time of the year, you can't really play because you're in so much ground and getting ready for the season. But hopefully in the days off between maybe the T20s or something, we can get out and in the sunshine again. Are there any other decent golfers down in the Sussex team? 
there are a few. There's a few lads that we, there's a consistent sort of group that go out and play together and trying to play a bit during the winter, but um, it does get a bit cold. Not too enjoyable when your ball's travelling nowhere and it's blowing 30 mile an hour cold winds, but we do try and get out there. There's a decent amount of golfers in the group. So yeah, I mean, we've got a golf day coming up soon as well, which would be good fun. And you came up through the Sussex Cricket Academy and Pathway system. How was that as a whole and how did that kind of help you develop as a player? Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's very. I think it's a very different system to what it is now. Quite a small, condensed system when I was younger. So there was, I think I joined the Emerging Players Programme, it was called, when I was 13 or 12, sorry. And then onto the academy when I was 14. And we had a really good squad, I think, in that academy team. There was eight of us that were on the academy for a long period of time. And I think seven went on to play first-class cricket. Whether they're still in the game now or not, that's still a hell of an achievement. We had a really talented group and the coaching staff gave us a lot of time. I mean, I mean, we used to get taxis from school straight into training. So we'd train for four hours on a Tuesday and a Thursday after school. They'd give us extra sessions on a Friday afternoon. And then when I was younger, there used to be a development team, Sussex development side that played in the Sussex Premier League on Sundays. Um, so you'd play your Premier, for your Premier League team on a Saturday and then you'd be able to play for the development 11 on a Sunday, which was really good as a kid, sort of being 15, 16, being able to play Premier League cricket um, on back-to-back days throughout the throughout the summer was obviously really beneficial to a lot of the young players going through the system and getting experience in sort of men's cricket. So yeah, it was really, really good system growing up. And then obviously, as I said, I think seven of the lads that were on the academy at that time made it into professional or played in first-class cricket. That's some achievement. When did you make your first full men's appearance for Sussex? How old were you then? I was 18. It was a Royal London game down at Hove. It was against uh, Glamorgan. And yeah, I hadn't signed a contract. It was literally at the end of the, my last summer at school. But yeah, it was a real, real surreal experience. When we, were playing, we were playing against Murray Goodwin, who's obviously a Sussex legend, but I played for Sussex for years. And I'd watched him growing up as a kid and then ended up bowling at him on my debut, which was quite a strange but surreal experience. But yeah, I was, I was 18, yeah. I think I'm right in thinking it wasn't the best game of all time, that, but it must have been a bit of a dream come true for you. Yeah, yeah, it was. A bit of a baptism of fire. It was on a flat wicket of short boundaries. Um, I think Glamorgan chased down 320 or something off about 45 overs. But yeah, it was it was incredible being out there. It was nice being out there with so much support. Like my family were there. A group of my school friends came down. It was just nice to sort of play. It was the first time, obviously, playing in front of a crowd. And it was quite a busy, quite a busy day. Um, I remember it being a really nice, nice hot summer's day. So... Yeah, it was sort of like one of the one of those dream memories, really. I think it rained in the morning, so it was a bit of a delayed start, which has made the nerves build up a bit longer. But no, it was obviously amazing. Like it's one of those days I don't really remember that much of it because it's so surreal. Like you're in the adrenaline in the moment. I don't really remember the feelings and everything of a game, but I still have a lot of photos and memories from it, and I've still got the shirt that I wore on the day as well. So a lot of memories to come from it. And you mentioned that you were a fan of Sussex growing up. Were you down there as a youngster down in Hove watching games and things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, we used to come down as much as we could, really, growing up. We used to come down and watch loads of the games. We only live, like, 20 minutes away from the ground, so we used to come, come and watch Sussex as much as possible in all formats, really, whether that be 20-20, 50 overs, Red Bull cricket. We'd always try and get down. <laughs> we used to always buy a little signature bat and try and get as many of the players to sign it as possible. I remember growing up, so I spent a lot of my childhood down here um, sitting in the stands watching Sussex cricket throughout the years. Are there any older players who you remember watching growing up? Um, I remember Chris Adams, who was one of my favourite players growing up. Robin Martin Jenkins was another as well, obviously being an, an all-rounder himself. He was someone that I always enjoyed watching. He actually came in the other day and for a little session with us, which was fantastic, like getting to speak to him about his career. But there was loads, there's been so many great players to come through from Sussex, especially over the last sort of 15, 20 years, to watch the likes of Matt Pryor play, Chris Nash, Luke Wright, all those players coming through 
brilliant to watch them firsthand sort of going about their business from me being a kid watching them to then actually sharing a dressing room with some of them so yeah it was um pretty, yeah pretty good experience and looking back what were those early years at Sussex like and what did you learn from your time there the first time around I think I had a completely different attitude when I was younger to what I do now. I think almost getting that first contract, I didn't realise how hard you had to work. I didn't realise the amount of work you had to put in from that day to then try and get to where you want to be. So yeah, I mean, I I have really good memories of my first time round. I think I let myself down a little bit in terms of just my attitude around. So yeah, coming back now, it's obviously a little bit different, but um, a much younger squad now. I remember trying to break into the team when I was a lot younger and it was obviously really, really difficult with the amount of senior players they had. I mean, when I was first signed, we were in Division 1 of the County Championship um, and we'd just finished third, I think, the year before. So it was sort of trying to get into a team that was pushing for, for the title in Championship cricket as an 18, 19-year-old. was very tough. So yeah, I think obviously now we're in a little bit of a re- rebuilding phase at Sussex, trying to get back to those levels. I do remember that as being a very very tough sort of team to break into and it's almost like a really, how to put it, but a really like sort of... Um, tough environment in terms of like performance is really really mad like you had to be performing otherwise for like me I lost my contract and you have spent time away from Sussex how was your spell at Derbyshire I'm assuming a great place to grow and develop as a player but were you at all sort of disappointed to leave your hometown yeah I mean disappointed but it was a great opportunity to sort of try and find myself elsewhere Obviously, it didn't work out the first time around at Sussex. So those things happen. Like you, you have to move on from those things. And I really enjoyed my time at Derbyshire. They showed me a lot of faith as a cricketer. They put a lot of energy into me as a player. Gave me a lot of good coaching. I had a great relationship with Steve Kirby, who was one of the main coaches there. And he sort of helped me grow a lot as a cricketer and as a human. So I have a lot of good, good memories from there. Obviously, as I said before, getting to finals there and stuff, playing in those big days, playing a lot of first-class cricket there. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing but fond memories of that and really enjoyable sort of three years three years there. But I couldn't turn down the opportunity to, to come back to Sussex. And is it fair to say your Derbyshire debut was slightly more memorable than your Sussex one? <laughs> yeah, it was memorable. Um, I wish it could have been a slightly better memory, scoring 99 <laughs> in, in the first innings. Yeah, it was obviously a great day. It was came out of nowhere, really. It came really quickly. I'd only been at Derbyshire for sort of six weeks and I was on trial and then they signed me and sort of said you're going to be playing against Middlesex. Well, I played against Australia in a 50-over game and then three days later I played against Middlesex um, in the first class game. So it all happened quite quickly. It was sort of just sign a contract and go out there and perform, which is quite nice. There was no time to sort of really think about it or dwell or whatever. It was almost like get out there and play and try and play against some of the better players in the world, obviously playing against Australia and then Middlesex had a really good bowling attack as well. I remember that day. So it was almost like quick turnaround, get yourself in there. And that probably was a good thing for me, just getting out there and playing. But yeah, great experience. Slightly more memorable than my debut, debuts for Sussex. But yeah. You obviously did very well there. And I think I'm right in thinking you even beat Sussex a while back when you were with Derbyshire too. But was it hard to say no to Sussex when they came calling? A bit of a homecoming, I suppose. Yeah, obviously it's hard when a team you've always supported growing up and always had like my, my memories growing up were always thinking that I wanted to be a Sussex professional and win games for Sussex. So to sort of have them coming and say, look, we want you to play, we want you to be playing for us in, in the format of the game. Obviously, like they were like, yeah, come along. We, we want you to be a, a big part of our squad. It's hard to say no to the team that you support um, and the team that you want to really want to play for, especially with the first time around, maybe not going as well as I wanted it to. Yeah, it's really difficult to sort of say no. I think they've got a really good coaching setup here. Got a really young, exciting squad. 
that is only going to improve and get better, especially with the exposure in professional cricket that they got last season. So, yeah, I think it's a really exciting time to be part of Sussex cricket. So it's an opportunity that I couldn't really turn down. I assume your friends and family were happy about your return to Sussex as well? Yeah. Um, obviously family still live around here obviously got a load of friends from school and stuff that still live local so it's obviously been really nice sort of being back down in the area I've spent a lot of time with my friends that I grew up with a lot of time with my family again who obviously during COVID I didn't really see much of them at all being halfway across the country so yeah it's been great to sort of like rekindle relationships see family again spend a lot of time with them it's been really nice to sort of be around this area it's just yeah I just love I love Sussex love love where I grew up so really nice time to sort of spend a lot of time with people and and see people again and looking back you're by no means coming towards the end of your career or anything but have you got a cricketing highlight of your career so far the the main highlight would be when we Derby should beat knots at trent bridge it was in the first game of the covid year of 2020 uh we chased down 360 in the second innings and i got 90 not out so that was um that was really special that's probably my main cricketing highlight in terms of personal performance I think obviously a massive highlight as I've mentioned a couple of times was the finals day experience I was only 23 just literally just played my first season of T20 cricket and to be able to go out there and represent Derbyshire at finals day pretty special in front of 25 whatever it was 25,000 people so yeah I mean those two memories of my cricketing journey are probably the ones that stand out for me at the moment hopefully um, be able to create a few more down here and you're an all-rounder has that always been the case? And sort of why did you choose that? Yeah, it has been the case. I mean, if you'd have said to me sort of seven or eight years ago, coming up through the academy and stuff, that I was going to be my predominant role in first class cricket today has been as a bowler batting at sort of seven or eight. So if you told that to me as a kid, it probably wouldn't have been like that. I mean, when I played in my young years at Sussex, even when I came through the first team, I opened the batting quite a bit at the start of my career so it's sort of been quite a weird switch but yeah I've definitely always been an all-rounder maybe didn't see myself being an all-rounder I am at the moment in terms of being more of a predominantly more of a bowler so far in first class or professional cricket but yeah that's also obviously a positive like I feel like I've got so much more to give with the bat and hand and so much more to show that almost it does give you that sort of like I've got the platform my bowling people know I can play as a bowler but now it's like can I prove to people that my batting is up to the task? I've almost got got lucky with that in a sense that I, I still feel like my batting is my strongest suit. You mentioned earlier a couple of uh, people you looked up to growing up cricket-wise. Do you have any sporting heroes? Perhaps one in the cricketing world and then one outside? Andrew Flintoff is always my hero, like shock, all-rounder. Like obviously watching the 2005 Ashes was really where my love for cricket sort of came from. So yeah, he was obviously a massive sporting icon. Um, of mine just that Asher series was fantastic and then such a shame that obviously his, in- his injuries meant he couldn't have such a huge career um, obviously every time he stepped on the field gave 110% which is something I've, I've always looked up to and outside of cricket being involved in golf someone I've, I always sort of look up to is Rory McIlroy but again that's something that sort of come about maybe towards the back end of my career or the, the recent times of my career but he's been massive for me sort of as a as a kid growing up, watching him him play golf and stuff, just the way he goes about things off the field as well. So yeah, probably those two. And speaking of cricketing heroes, Shane Warne recently passed away. Is that somebody who you looked up to growing up? Yeah, obviously he played a massive role in the in the Ashes series as well that I was talking about. Such a shock, obviously, what's happened. But um, I mean, there's a classic chant, we wish you were English, that keeps coming out. But yeah, he was um, he was a massive, massive figure for Australian cricket for decades. So I wouldn't say he was a personal idol of mine because he always did so well against us. So maybe it was almost like a, someone you'd love, like, you'd love to hate. Um, he was always so good, but he just loved him, his charisma and his attitude and stuff, the way he went about it, but also his, how loved he was off the field as well. So, yeah, you could say he, he was an idol to, I think, so many cricketing fans and players. 
yeah, it's a bit of a shock, isn't it, really? It doesn't really sunk in that he's not with us anymore. And while you're still very young, you are now more of a senior player, I suppose, than you first were at Sussex. What's changed and how different has that been for you having players look up to you now? Yeah, it's, it's obviously very different. Like when I was last here, I was looking up to other people. So it's it's, it's a nice position to be in because you feel like you have some uh, quite a leadership role in the dressing room. I like sort of trying to lead the lads. I like trying to like sort of push them on and give them advice when they need it, um, which is obviously something that I'm more than happy to give and they're more than happy to receive as well. So it's a good dynamic. But as I said before, they were really, really, really talented bunch obviously as you've seen there's players who are 16 17 playing in championship cricket last season and not looking out of place so there's obviously a lot for them to give and hopefully for many many years for Sussex cricket just out of interest do you and the rest of the squad get recognized out and about in Sussex <laughs> no <laughs> I don't um I think I think some of the other lads might some of the other international players but definitely not definitely not um me maybe some of the other lads but no I don't <laughs> not really similar to the sort of football like um, archetypes if you guess like where you pretty much go about your business and no one really recognises you unless you're in and around sort of the ground Again just out of interest do you have a favourite stadium or place that you like to play or have played at? Yeah I wouldn't say I have a favourite one obviously when you go to Lords, it's a pretty special feeling I've played there a couple of times in first class cricket now great place to play coming back here was pretty special after I haven't played here since I played first class cricket here years ago so coming back here was obviously really nice like the ground is I just love it here it's Great atmosphere. It's such a family, family place. But one place I did enjoy when I was playing in the T20s was Old Trafford. That was a great atmosphere. I played two or three games for Derbyshire at Old Trafford, and the atmosphere and stuff up there is very, very good. Like a lot of a lot of abuse being held your way, but it's a great place, pretty special place to play your cricket. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably say if anywhere other than here, it'd be probably Lords or Old Trafford. You mentioned COVID a little bit earlier on. How much did COVID impact training and playing, etc., for you over the last couple of years? I'd say as a sport in general, we've been quite lucky with it because when COVID sort of hit, it was the middle of our sort of winter. Obviously, we missed the first half of the summer of the year 2020. But because our sport's out predominantly, obviously outside, it's usually in summer where, well, summer, it's <laughs> the English summer, which, I mean, since COVID's been around, it sort of seems like COVID in the summer doesn't isn't quite as as infectious. So we've sort of been a bit lucky in that sense, uh, aspect of it. It obviously affected us a little bit in training. Obviously, the, there was new rules like um, the saliva and hand sanitizer breaks and all that that came about. But apart from missing three or four months of cricket in 2020, we've actually been pretty well off, I think, as a sport in general. There's definitely been workplaces and stuff that have been affected a lot worse than ours. So can't really complain too much as much as it obviously is a short career and missing a few months of the season can have an effect. But I mean, I'd say we're pretty lucky, to be honest. Like, it didn't really have a massive effect that I can really remember anywhere. When you're not training, do you have any other hobbies? What do you like to do in your sort of spare time and time off? Um, obviously golf. Um, I love coffee. I love going to coffee shops. I enjoy going out for dinner. And obviously at the moment, I'm I'm currently enrolled in a coaching coaching course qualification through the ECB, which is about 18 months long, I think. I have a bit of time doing that as well. But yeah, I'd say pretty normal lifestyle, I guess. Nothing really too too out there. Just spend a lot of time having coffees, going out for dinner, playing golf. Yeah, those are the main things I sort of like doing away from the ground, yeah. And back on the topic of training, what's the average training schedule like for a cricketer? It's very different from winter to summer. Summer's a little less um, intense because we play so much, especially in England. Um, our county season's pretty hectic. But at the moment, we're really building up. We're in four days a week and it sort of is a nine, nine till three sort of thing. So we're in nine till 12 doing gym, running, occasional bowling session, net session, have your lunch. And then again, like it's like gym, running, bowl, bat, 
so it's pretty busy. We've been out and we've had a, had a marquee at the ground for the last month or so. So it's just sort of like a big tent they put over the net net surfaces. So we've been very fortunate. We've been training on grass since the start of February, which is obviously a great build-up to the county season. Like we're very fortunate to have that here. It's pretty intense at the moment, but I guess as a cricketer, a lot of a lot of teams do sort of get time off between October and December to sort of have a bit of a rest, rebuild, maybe strengthen areas um, of the body that aren't quite where they want to be. A lot of rehab work. So yeah, I mean between January and January and October, it's quite busy, but then. I'd say for like sort of a three-month period, it's usually quite relaxed in that sense. Do you have any advice for children or young people who are eyeing a career in cricket? Make sure the enjoyment is there. It's the one piece of advice I'd give to anyone. I mean, if you lose the love for it, you don't have the same will to be at the ground. I lost that a little bit my first time here, maybe when I was struggling a bit of my game. Maybe I didn't enjoy it quite as much as I should have been. But just make sure you have that enjoyment because then that'll build the drive, that'll build the hunger to get better and ultimately you'd want to be at the ground. So the more time you're at the ground, the better you're going to be. So I'd definitely say keep the enjoyment, um, just love playing cricket and find ways when you're not enjoying it to just take the simple things out of it that you may enjoy. And looking ahead, what are your personal goals and aspirations as a cricketer playing and coaching and moving forward? I'd say as Short term, I'd love to get involved in the 100. That's more of a short-term goal. Hopefully this season get involved in that. More of a long-term would probably be international cricket. I still think it's achievable. So that's that's more of a goal of mine, maybe for the next few years to build up to. But then, I've, I mean, I've thought about coaching. I mean, I'm not 100% decided yet whether I'd like to go into that. Uh, it's something I've definitely thought about. But at the moment, definitely trying to give the focus to my playing and then maybe towards the back end if... I do obviously get more interest in that than I've got the qualifications behind me to get involved in that. So yeah, haven't really thought about that too much yet, but maybe one day. Have you set any goals as a squad for the for the upcoming year? Not yet. I mean, we've got plenty of team meetings coming up over, over the coming weeks before the season does get underway. I know the goal of the squad is at the moment is general just improvements. Obviously, we finished bottom of the championship last year. We don't want to be doing that again. We want to be, if we can, obviously pushing to get into Division 1. The T20 squad obviously had a really good year last year. So trying to back that up again and maybe get go one step further than just semi-finals. And then there's obviously the Royal London as well, which you don't really know how that's going to work. You don't know who's going to be there, who's not. So yeah, we haven't really set any goals as of yet, but there's a, I know there's just a general collective just to keep on improving year on year. So hopefully we can do that again this year. Now, for the final part of each episode, we ask guests their favourite things, places, shops, etc. in Sussex uh, in a segment we call Five of the Best. So is it all right if I take you through those questions? Yeah, go for it. If you're going for a coffee and a cake with a friend from out of town, where would you take them in Sussex? Uh, I'd go to Coffee and a Cake, Flower Pot Bakery in Hove. They have a great selection and it's a lovely cafe. If it was just a coffee, I'd probably go to Small Batch, which is also in Hove. They do a great coffee. I know the lads here absolutely love it. <laughs> Down there pretty much every day. So yeah, those two places would be where I'd take someone. Have you got a favourite shop in Sussex? My favourite clothes store, which I've been to quite often since I've been down there, is a place called Pegs and Sun, which is based in the lanes. And it's really, I absolutely love it. It's like this alternative menswear designer. It's sort of like from all around the world. So that would probably be my absolute go-to if I had to take someone to a clothes store. But again, in Brighton, there's so many incredible stores sort of like everywhere it's such an alternative place it's, it's so much going on so you could really go anywhere to be honest whether it be for a concert comedy theatre have you got a favourite venue around? when I was younger I used to always go to this place called Concord Concord 2 I think it was called down on the seafront and they used to have I remember when I was younger there was loads of people that used to come and play like, for like gigs like bands and stuff used to go all the time 
I know the Kooks, the Kooks played there when I was younger. Rizzle kicks when they were around. They used, they used to get quite a few. I know Ed Sheeran's played there. They used to get quite a few people to sort of go down there. It's quite a small little little sort of like barry sort of club thing. It wouldn't be big at all, but probably would have been my go-to. I can't say I've been to many since since I've been back. It's been a bit hectic, so I always see signs still walking around. To be fair, like Concord Two hosting this band, so yeah, probably is still a place to go. If you're looking to escape the city, what's your favourite outdoors place to visit? I'm a massive fan of a of a walk, so um, I'd probably go to. There's obviously the Sussex Downs, which are spread all over. There's miles and miles and miles. There's loads of different walks um, with great views. That'd probably be the place to go. Um, in Sussex if you'd asked me that at Derbyshire I would have said the same thing but for the Peak District so like a little walk clear the mind so yeah that would probably be my go-to would be the Sussex Downs and lastly whether it's for a drink or a sit-down meal have you got a favourite bar, pub, restaurant in Sussex? I'd probably if, if I was going out for just food then I'd go to Fatto Amano which is just at the bottom of the road from the ground great Italian place um, they have quite a few restaurants around the UK but I absolutely love their food Around around Hove in general, there's so many so many nice sort of pubs, bars that you can go to. Take your pick. There's a place called Libation, uh, Gin Tub, Hove Place, Blind Busker. They're sort of like all at the bottom of the ground down Church Road. There's so many nice sort of bars and, and pubs and stuff going on around there. So yeah, I mean any of those, take your pick. For food, definitely would be Fatto and Mano. Yeah, great stuff. And lastly, you have touched on it, but what can people expect from yourself in the near future and beyond? Oh, it's a great question. I don't even know what I can expect for myself, so that's a good question. Hopefully, winning games of cricket for Sussex is obviously just the main aim. I mean, if that brings personal success, then so be it. But winning games at Hove in front of the crowd for Sussex is something I've always wanted to do from the age of eight or nine. So if I'm going to make that come true, I mean, I don't, I still haven't won a game at Hove. I, play, I think I've played it six or seven times. So yeah, that would probably be the main main aim would be to win games in front of the home crowd down at uh, the county ground well that's everything but it's been a real pleasure to talk to you and thank you for coming on the show uh, thank you Christian thank you for joining us on the podcast Finn and good luck for the season ahead be sure to keep an eye out for our next episode but until then if you know somebody from Sussex who you think has an interesting story to tell then let us know. You can tweet us your guest suggestions at Brighton Argus on Twitter or directly to me at Chris underscore Fuller 11 and use the hashtag the Argus podcast or you can email or send us a message on Facebook and make sure to stay up to date with all the latest news from around Sussex on our website theargus.co.uk. Until next time. <laughs>